welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing. Recorded at the PW offices in New York City, I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly and Co-Editor of PW Comics World. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. And I'm Heidi McDonald. I am the Graphic Novels Review Editor of Publishers Weekly, as well as the Editor-in-Chief of The Beat at comicsbeat.com. And check us out on Twitter at at PWComicsWeek. And I'm Kate Fitzsimmons. I'm the podcast producer, and you can find us online on Tumblr at pwcomicsworld.tumblr.com. And don't forget, you can subscribe to More to Come on iTunes, and on social media, we're at facebook.com slash pwcomicsworld. All right, this week on More to Come, Angolim Rebellion. New DC and Stila apps on the way. Uh, DC and Marvel, price point, counterpoint. Okay, book sales and bookstores are up. Um, the LA Times Book Prize nominations for graphic novels. And we'll end up with a Comic-Con San Diego Chargers conspiracy. All right, so uh, Angoulême Rebellion. Uh, so there's going to be hell to pay for the nonsense that went on at well, the Well, it's uh, a little hard to... Uh, you know, year. Calvin, I don't know if you've been talking to any of your French friends that you've made, uh, but I've been... Uh, you know, I have some, some spies, but they mm-hmm. send me stories, so they're all in French. Yes. So mm-hmm. I can only dope it out so far. But apparently, uh, I think we mentioned that the publishers had... All the publishers. I've never seen anything like it, yeah. where everyone from Casterman and Glenagh and... Uh, Delcor uh, t- signed up with La Saucisson and Say Ela and yeah, yeah. Cornelius. All the this yes. is like Marvel and the, DC the, and Fantagraphics. Yeah, and, and all the, yes, the big the Indies. You know, yes. yeah. Uh, so it's kind of unheard of, yeah. but uh, they all said um, that they uh, dem- they were not they were going to boycott. They threatened to boycott at the 2017 festival unless they were able to meet with the Minister of Culture and start to do things that would make this show not such a uh, travesty as it was in 2016. Well, I actually had a Google translation of, a, of an interview I saw in Le Monde. And yeah, it, it basically, it, just in case you're just tuning in, uh, Angoulême last year was a cesspool of sexist stupidity, bizarre hijinks at the closing award territory, and just, uh, uh, just a debacle of stupidity. Um, uh, that seemed to all generate out of the uh, office of the guy that runs it. Is it uh, stupid? They did it. Uh, yeah, I uh, mean it's really, a really breathtaking. Uh, the a tour the de nonsense. force, really. yes. a tour de force of <laughs> yes. stupidity yes. that tour went on. Uh, so what we're talking about here is forty of the biggest and smallest publishers, um, really, basically saying, uh, as the translation says, the festival must be rethought in depth, its structure, its government strategy, ambitions. Or they're not coming back, and they and there's a hint that they may try to start their own right festival. now. A little background on this that some people in the know have explained to me is that uh, they have actually threatened their own show many times. Apparently, the publishers are not so in love with Angoulême because uh, they don't get to call the shots at it. So mm. you know they've they're they're sometimes I don't want to say unwilling participants. But, you know, there's all apparently reluctant. reluctant, but there's always I mean, like it's like San Diego. It's like they kind of have to go. Right. But uh, but they have even less like say, as you could tell from a egotistical ass like Frank Bondo. <laughs> so uh, so but these they are they, these threats have been made before, but not the boycott. They've been threatening yes. to move the show. But the boycott is a new is a new and exciting idea. Mm. Now, the minister of culture is a uh, uh, new. She just took office in February after the fest. 
and she has agreed to meet with them on the 10th, so there will be a powwow. And, um, you know, a lot of the French stories that I've seen, there was a, a big one in Bidet Actualité, which is the uh, largest kind of, you know, comic book resources of France. And uh, they said, you know what, this is, you guys need marriage counseling. <laughs> we need the publishers, the festival, the town, and Ninth Art, the company that runs the festival, which yeah. is the one run by the infamous Frank Bondo. We need to get you to sit down and talk. You guys need to communicate. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that's part of the problem is this function, that there's a holding company or an organization, that, right. this Ninth Art, that really manages and organizes the show. And um, the guy's out of control. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yes. So he is indeed the set bladder the, of comics. At the same time, I have talked with um, different French publishers who have American uh, affiliates and speak English. Uh, and uh, they have always complained to me about Angoulême. I'm not going to name them. Sure. But um, they've complained about them. Uh, they feel like it's really expensive, uh, that it doesn't meet their needs. Uh, I know some who have actually, uh, they keep an eye on, there is apparently a Paris Comic Con now mm. that many prefer, prefer to Angoulême. Which is a more American style. Uh, exactly. It's more American exactly. style. In fact, I believe Reed, Reed Pop is a co producer yeah, uh, yes, of the show. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah, actually, in your interview with Lance Fensterman, uh, he was discussing yes, that with you. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so, so this has been a this has been a, a slow boil for a long time, mm. and really, I mean, the, the shenanigans that went on this year were beyond the and, pain. And you know, one of the uh, one of the things that's been bought up is that every year they put up the tents, uh, which are temporary, and like that costs millions of 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 euros, you know. And like maybe they could put them in permanent exhibit space, or you know, like yeah. like they do a lot of things that are are more expensive than they need to be, or. Yada, yada. I mean... Well, yeah. I do wonder if maybe more competent organizers... I mean, I don't well, know, I but... One of the, well, excuse me. I didn't mean to interrupt. One of the reasons I think Bondu stays in power is that they don't do a bad job necessarily no, of organizing yeah. the show. Yeah. It's actually, it seems to me, incredibly well organized. Yeah. Uh, the ability for them to get people around, I mean, it's really sort of astonishing. Uh, but, I mean, he seems to be taking his ability to organize a show uh, just a little too far. Uh, and clearly they need he should not be talking with the press ever i mean it's just amazing they they may it may be a good idea for them to have a separation of powers where the company that you know organizes logistics and everything sticks to organizing logistics and so on and they have oh i don't know a panel of actual comic people for interacting with the public. They, well, they, you know, they, that one of the things that the, the uh, boycotting uh, publishers have demanded is an overhaul of the award system yeah. and mm. have yes. a, you and know, transparency yes. mm-hmm. and, and a better panel that is more aware of what's actually going on. So, um, you know, a lot of this is on the table. Now, I, I will throw in there, as I've mentioned, every time we talk about the story that the French love a good uh, controversy. Yes. Well, but on the other hand, now, this is a real so thing. So do comics yes, people. Yes, com- and yes. As do comics people. And So these uh, are French comics uh, yes, people. Yes, so I, I do think the but outrage is real. Is oh, real. it is. Oh, it's comics, absolutely, absolutely I mean, the, the abuse of the awards at the end absolutely. of the show. Absolutely. That was... Holding the whole festival up to, to global ridicule. I mean, comics are not a passive thing in France as we, as well, I certainly that's, found out. That's what I was going to say yeah. is that this is a way bigger deal. So there's a lot more of a territory to piss over oh, oh, absolutely. <laughs> to coin a phrase I mean, so you know for this pissing contest uh, so you know in America like you know maybe the Harveys we make fun of them yeah. every once in a while but it's not like you know 
But this that, is a national disgrace. This is a national disgrace. <laughs> yeah, this, yeah, this, this puts, is under Le Monde and the Sun. Uh, yeah, you know, this yeah. is this yeah. is to, yeah. To, to, yeah. Basically, when the whole Hugo Awards debacle went down, it got in no newspapers. Right. When this went down, yeah, yeah. kaboom. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah this yeah, is yeah. not this you know PW Comics this world is, covering it. Yeah, yeah. This, this is, is they were on TV. They were on more, like yeah. you know yeah, this the is, equivalent yeah. of, of Dateline. Yeah. This is this is yeah, basically this is, the equivalent of an Oscar scandal. Yes, exactly. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Can so. you imagine what would happen if they had given away fake Oscars and then been oh, like, yeah, ha ha, yeah, it's just get it's just a humor, okay? Yeah. Pampered Hollywood fops. No, it's just well. Oh. I think what uh, there's. I think there's another complicating layer, and I'd be curious what Heidi thinks about this. Is kind of the state of the French comics market in general. Yes, it's I an agree. overly saturated, overpublished. Uh, the mid list is disappearing. Everyone's jockeying for a big hit. Now, when you get a hit in France, I mean, you're not talking about fifty thousand copies. You're talking about millions of copies. Yes. But at the same time, and I and I actually was able to talk with some cartoonists like Matt Madden, who's lived there for several years, and he said there is a crisis going on. There are more and more cartoonists. There is tougher and tougher to make a living, even in a place that loves comics like really no yeah, place they, else. They so, really need to be better and, at exporting them, and, and I think that's why they're pushing so hard for exactly. Europe comics. And this, Absolutely. And this is also part of the whole uh, petition that was made by the authors. Uh, you know, there was a whole other separate level of this about the authors have been talking about uh you know taxes vacation all this stuff that because you have to in france you have to declare your vocation so they have a very good list of how, how many cartoonists yes. there are in france it's, i believe it's something like two thousand uh which doesn't sound like very much but it's yeah. a smaller country well, for than a here. small country yeah, two thousand cartoonists yes a it's lot. A quite a more per capita let's put it that way yeah. and um so this and you know there's more p- pressure as Calvin says in the publishers because the market is sh- is shrinking. Yeah, it's, it's like yeah. everything else with the there's so many other things that are streaming and and yeah. tweeting and and, the and French now publish, French publishers publish a lot of comics they and do. they're not a little thirty two page numbers either. They're yeah. books that are like elaborate produced, r- richly illustrated. Uh, by uh, an ever-increasing pool of unemployed cartoonists. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So they, you know, so the, I, yeah, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to imply that this was not a real thing or a real outrage or, or you know a real call for action. I, I definitely is. But I, I do feel like uh, you know the French press will play it up as much as possible, just as we love to oh, do. Yeah. So you yes. know, it's without all, a doubt. Yes. Yes. All right. So we will return to this oh, for sure. Oh yes. There this is, is, this is more, just starting. This is classic. Just more starting, yeah. to <laughs> yes, come. Yes. Absolutely. All right. Okay, let's move to the, the the world of apps again. I mean, just when you think you're apped out, another app shows up. There will always be apps. So um, this week we have the release of the new DC All Access app, uh, which I was playing with. Um, and also a really interesting uh, new app, uh, a new uh, really comics publisher, really mobile comics publisher that you wrote about a couple months ago. Yes, that's right. Steel. That's right. Yes. So what? Well, what? Come on. Why don't you talk well, about, about the DC? Well, I'll talk about DC. I'll talk about DC stuff. Well, you know, obviously, uh, uh, as we get closer and closer to the release of, of Batman versus or Superman versus Batman, I forget which one comes first. Sometimes Batman, uh, Batman. v Superman. Batman v Dawn Superman. Of Dawn of Justice. Dawn of Justice. Thank you so much. Um, look, this is the first of many promotional events. This is basically your like soup to nuts fan favor uh, app that just is, is news updates. Cool posters. Yes, I entered the contest to win tickets to the opening of the movie. If I win, I'll let you know. Uh, I mean, you you name it, it's got it's in there. There's music. Uh, 
um, you know, uh, uh, video updates. Uh, you can. Uh, there's a video of Cavill and uh, Affleck teasing you and. You know, trying to encourage you to use the where app. Where can I download this app? Uh, well, you know, you know where to go. No, I have it downloaded now. I, I'm flipping through it now. It's it's wow. This is a, quite an app. It's yeah, very, no, very. It's a, you know, it's not bad. I believe you. You can kill an hour and pretty quickly just goofing around with it. So wow. I, I'm not knocking it. You know what? If you if you like a constant stream of information about. Every you know impulse that's popping out of Dan DiDio's head. It this has, is probably the app to get. It has thirty-one whole reviews on the App Store. There you go, and I'm sure there's more to come. Mm. Oh yeah. So well, this is you know this is smart. It's a this is a yeah. nice piece of software. Yeah, and you and, get previews, and there's comics coming, right. and there's posters. So you know yeah, it's it's, it's it, you know it's worth it for. Yeah, fun. it's a good good. Uh, uh, wow, it's got like banners that are flashing on it. Wow, <laughs> yes, this is oh, there's all kind of this, stuff. This yeah. this yeah. app is meant to get you excited yes, about Batman versus polls, Superman. Polls, and, and, Vote else. for who you like better. Yeah. And there's or there's a, definitely a, a Suicide Squad element to it as well. Ah, yes. So there you go. Well, the smart promotion. Uh, well, uh, Stila is uh, a content app. I mean, it's really a new platform for comics. Uh, they had an actual launch on Thursday. Uh, they've been talking about it for quite a while. Uh, what's unusual about Stila is it is sort of following in the. Uh, steps of line webtoon, which is a very popular in Korea uh, comics Ocean. publisher, mm-hmm. but it, it's yeah. only for mobile. Now you can read it on an iPad, but it is actually formatted for the iPhone in that it is an endless scroll. You read the comics by scrolling through it, and uh, they it's a scroll, not a swipe. It's not up and a down. swipe. Yeah. It's up and down. So you yeah. just keep you know scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. And um, what's most interesting is run by. Uh, Jim Gibbons, who is an editor at Dark Horse, and uh, Ryan Yount, who uh, has a background in comics and uh, interactive. Uh, and they have investors, of course. But they went to creators uh, to create stuff specifically for this. So it's native to the format. And it's really what it's pretty... And a good list of creators, They too. really have, just out of the gate, I mean, they have some great names uh, who are on there. I mean, top top flight names. And if you download again, Stila. Now, the one thing I don't like is that they put this this e with a line over it that you can never type. Yeah. That, um, <laughs> but you know, be that as it may, they have uh, the whole bunch of things. I'm looking at it now. They have the, the, uh, Evan Dorkin and Sarah Dyer writing yeah. one. They have oh. one by Ron Wimberly. I was just reading doing, it too, which is great. Yeah, I it was really. Reading. It's absolutely Stuart Moore. Stuart Ninja. Stuart Moore, Brian yeah. Wood, uh, Andrea Muti, and who was that? Uh, Frina by was it Irene Cole? Really Irene nice, Poe beautiful comic. One, but I mean, they, they are talking about. Uh, I mean, other people who are working for the app are yeah. doing stories for it. Have been tweeting their uh, tweeting their uh, it, it, that they're doing it, and it's pretty awesome. Uh, and you know, I can't even remember. Oh, hey, no. Mariah so- Hoyner is writing a Steel yeah. series. She, I used to work under her when I was an yeah, intern. Yeah, she was oh. my intern. So the. The circle. <laughs> circle is close. <laughs> my intern. The like near, ripples in a stone in a pond. I it know. Just... Well, it's a small club here, people. We are definitely. But now, I, now I, I, the, uh, the, the app apparently has free number one issues yes. or the equivalent. But that's a subscription too, I think. Uh, yes, you. I they believe it's five dollars for five dollars a month. You will get all these the uh, second chapters and. Okay. Um, and you know, and I'm looking. I, I want to, but just today I was poking around on uh, Facebook, and I found uh, previews of a of a series by Louise Simonson and Jan Dursima. Wow, that looks really great. And yeah. and I ran a, a, a preview of the. Uh, 
of the Mariah's uh, series, which is drawn by, I'm trying to find out here, because they have a lot of people signed up. So are you subscribing? Uh, Kelly and Nicole Matthews, and that one looks great. And uh, who else do they have here? I'm just trying to to get some of the names, because it's uh, Robert Wilson, uh, Rachel Weiss. uh, Let's see who else. Jeremy Lambert is doing something for them. They have a lot. No, of just, people said, and the comics up. look really good. The could ones you, that I looked at. Should you clarify the model? Is it as if you were subscribing to a specific comic on Comicsology, or as if you were subscribing to a service on Marvel Digital Unlimited? I think it's more like Marvel. Uh, so you digital. subscribe to the app. Yeah. As so a you whole know what? Let me look. Well, got unlimited access for ninety nine a month. So yeah. You get unlimited access to the app That's for four ninety nine, which is a really good. And you know what? I'm going to sign up for I'm it. Gonna, I, I'm going to do it too. Yeah. I really I'm, respect what they're doing. I think yeah. I haven't heard anything bad yet, but uh, I respect the way that they're they're hiring yeah. some really awesome people mm-hmm. who are and they're giving Absolutely. and uh, all, ma- all original material. All original material, and you know, obviously, they must be paying pretty good rates to get the people that they're getting. Uh-huh. So uh, I, either I, that, or they're offering them, uh, you know, complete creator control and ownership. Or yeah, or it well, could be. I'm well, sure they, they are creator owned, so maybe it could be a back end deal that people think is good. Yeah. But you know, whatever it Even is, so, it must be a good deal yes, if these people are signing. It's on a that reasonable deal. deal. Now, this is a big question. You know, uh, I mean, Line Webtoon has a following here. Their stuff is a little bit. Their app is a little bit more chaotic because they're a huge company that's been around for a long time in Korea. And uh, they have like dozens of dozens of, of series on there. And, so, what's uh, their business model? Do you subscribe to an individual? I believe. Book well, or? you know what? That's yeah, good... I, I have. You know, I actually. I mean, I I had the Line app, but the but the Webtoons part of it came a little later. If mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. Okay, subscribe. Uh, blah blah. Let's see. Well, I, it, well, I went to subscribe and it told me to log in. So you know what? Oh, we'll just have to. Yeah. I think you subscribe individually on here. I'm not info. Hold we'll on. To, we'll have to return. Oh, I'm sorry that we're we're yeah. more on this the, later. We'll, we'll return we're, to this because yeah, we'll that, we, we, to we should probably we should move on because because in in Korea where what Line Webtoon is from, yeah. uh, reading uh, all kinds of content on your phone is yeah, absolutely what they do. That's and they, how yeah, they do and it. They were really. I mean, digital comics. And yeah. some people say digital comics even destroyed the Korean mm-hmm. comics industry to some measure. Yeah. They've been trying to recover. Yeah, and they're vastly popular. They mm-hmm. turn them all into TV shows that are high-rated, yeah. and um, it's very robust. Um, you know, I've been waiting to see if there would be a a a native platform for comics on the iPhone. And uh, a lot of people have tried different things, but nothing has really caught on. I think that's fair to say. Mm. I think Guided View for uh, Comixology and other apps is still problematic. It's not, to me, I, it works great on the iPad. The iPad is, the iPad kill, is, is, is a wonderful. killer platform for it's, reading it's comics. Well, and, and so are cheaper uh, tablets as well. Yes, tablets. Because, yes, tablets yes, in tablets general. Because, general for example, perfect. it works. they work really, really well on a Kindle Fire. Yes, that's right. Absolutely. Yeah. Tablets can, in general. Kindle yeah. Fire, which you can get for $50, yeah. yes. right? Yes. Yeah. So, so uh, but this is for phones. Yeah. And, you know, I, we've talked about what they do in Japan uh, many times, and in in Japan and Korea, uh, reading novels, reading comics on your phone is 
is pretty bog standard. Uh, well, I mean, not caught even on here, here reading novels on your phone has caught yes, on. Yeah, sure. But novels. comics, eh, right? Not so and, much. And I, mean, I, I access my my comics through my phone, but I don't well, generally in a, in a pinch. I read do. them. Yeah, yeah, if I exactly. have to, it's a yeah. giant pain. Yeah, but I, I tend to go through my tablet. I would my, I would iPhone. rather go through my laptop than Absolutely. my my yeah. uh, iPod because it's just not yeah. a great yeah. format for comics. But I do say the ones that I've read on Stila have been formatted, and you can read the lettering. And I yeah. I'm not. I'm, I'm some other some other apps I shall not name uh, do not resize the lettering for mm. a way that is uh, good for people with bad eyesight, such as myself. I am a minority in that way, but uh, you're not a minority. Many people need glasses. That's true. And at a certain age, everybody. I'm a minority, needs, and I need glasses. Everybody needs everybody <laughs> needs glasses at some point. But Stila has lettering that I can read that us seniors can read. So big props to that. And I I will say if you. Uh, just down the app is free to download. They have free samples, and uh, just download it for uh, Ron Wemberley's Grat. Oh yeah, Gratuitous Ninja. Gratuitous Check it out. Ninja. <laughs> it is. You know, we are huge fans. We've always talked about stuff he does. This is just this is wonderful. Yeah. I mean, he's he's such a great cartoonist, and and this really, I thought it worked great on the. Oh, I, I I did too. I love that one, and I and, and like I said, all, there's all of the initial uh, issues seem to be free. Yeah. So you can and, go and check it out, and these and these are not short issues. No, either. they're not. You know, they're not just giving you two or three panels and you're no, done. They're, no, there's they're it's a, a substantial chunk. chunk. Yeah, they're a satisfying absolutely. chunk. So I, I like everything about Steela so far. Mm-hmm. So far, all right. Yep, you know, yep. so far we'll so we'll see. All right. Wait well, till the controversy comes. So. Well, we're gonna um, uh, go on to the next uh, next bullet point here, uh, uh, which will also be Heidi, DC, Marvel. Um, well, reprint line. Well, where we go? Well, rebirth. well, you know, it's it's it is a time of unrest in the galaxies. We always like to say here, <laughs> uh, say that every time we get into this. But um, you know, comic sales are are flat. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't, they're on the soft side. They're on the soft side. Uh, and DC's sales are really problematic. And mm. you know, some of their books are their Vertigo relaunch is terrible. The DCU anyway, they're relaunching with the Rebirth Initiative, which I believe we talked about live last time. Yeah. Remember, we were talking about it as we recorded <laughs> yeah. from Comics Pro. Even yeah. some oh, things that, right. were, that yeah. weren't we're, even true. We're refreshing the screen we kept to refreshing get news. as you're we podcasting. <laughs> but uh, no further details have been mm. revealed. Uh, they will be revealed at WonderCon, where I will be there. I will be live tweeting. Uh, uh, when sure. is WonderCon? That will be at the end of March. Uh, I believe the event is on March 26th. It's the so, weekend of Batman v Superman. It is the weekend of Batman yeah. versus Superman. So, yes. you know, we should all go. I should, I, you know, I was going to buy some tickets, but I best I'll buy them for, my, for LA. You can but, buy them through the app. That's it. Well, let me get on the app. It's all purpose app. Uh, but anyway, though, this, is, this is a huge thing. Now, the Marvel... Um, well, I'll talk about Marvel first. Marvel had trademarked Timely, which was its original name a while ago, and they're mm. relaunching Timely Comics, their original brand name, as a line of cheap reprints of their all-new, all-different lines. So there will be three issues of each comic in a $3 package under the Timely. So this is kind of like the... It's a chunky. The 80, 80-page giant. Of, it's like the old-fashioned the annuals. old-fashioned annuals, yeah. The, yeah. When I was a boy. Yes, so a get. nice, satisfying chunk. So in other words, like... Course, uh, Marvel's version. It's like my... Marvel's version of the uh, Betty and Veronica digests. Yes, but they yeah. will be full size. They yeah, are not size. digest size. Yeah, they're not just. Uh, so there was a little controversy just because uh, when they would collect these and trade paperback, uh, the price will probably be like fourteen ninety nine for five issues as opposed to three yeah. issues for three dollars. So you know that's a little bit of a. 
uh, uh, undercutting there, but um, I think the idea is maybe to get them into more outlets. Also, it's a pretty, yeah. although well, it's low I, price. And, and I always thought it. I mean, there seems to be so much, you know, rending of the flesh over the price point. I thought that they were trying to get a price point back. I mean, how much do people want to spend for how much content? Right. And it, it was, you know, the the general feeling yeah. seems to be it's getting a little out of whack for what you're being offered yeah. to pay. This seems like an effort to sort of. I mean, I I will here's say your bargain comics that I have been buying more graphic novels and fewer floppies just because it makes more sense financially. Even Kate. Even Kate. Well, it, well, and like, I, I do not like waiting. I do I, not like waiting. Well, I think it makes, makes more sense narrative-wise as well, but I think you're absolutely but right. I mean, I, I, would, I enjoy reading things in individual in issues. Sure. Uh, sure. Thing. You know, I want to follow it as it comes out. Yeah. But, you know, when it starts creeping up to like $4 a comic, you're like, really? Maybe not. Well, uh, some people see this as a little bit of a... Because uh, Tommy's reload. Tommy is launching in June, so some people see it as a little bit of a competition for Rebirth, which also launches in June. And the Rebirth mm-hmm. business model—they are drawing the line at two ninety-nine, as they mm-hmm. did five years ago. Uh, but they will be publishing the top titles twice a month, so you'll end up spending uh, five ninety-eight per month. But for—but you will get twice as twice much as much content. So I'm not sure exactly if the. You know the price to benefit the benefit the the the, the cost per, to benefit ratio the cost to benefit ratio the zero sum game the you know diminished returns I'm not sure how the that, math the math I'm not sure how the math works out there thanks Calvin but you know I, I like I don't buy comics by the way people in case you don't know I am yeah. a lucky bastard and well, I do not buy my comics it, well, well then your, how do you get a hold I'm of Marvel oh, you don't care I don't too. read Marvel <laughs> well you know that's very true I mean I will say I do buy occasionally one through Comicsology but I mean you know. DC, you know, God bless you know, them. They send, a, they send us all their comics. You know, I gotta comics. be honest. Marvel sends out review copies of all, most of their prominent number ones. So, you know, if when, I want to send... to where? To people on their list. Yeah, but, so. which doesn't we include us right now. We no. don't get them. No. Oh, well... One question about Rebirth. Now, this is all yes. all new number one issues for all of our favorite... Well, you know, they haven't announced it's exactly a lot of what's happened. I mean, yeah. they announced the lineup, okay? Yeah. They did not announce any creative teams. Now, I've heard a lot of scuttlebutt about Rebirth and uh, the meeting that was at Comic. Pro, uh, I think we said last time that DC was talking for four hours at a four-hour yes. town hall, yes. which is really too long session. for anybody. Anything, and anything. I, I haven't had a minute-by-minute report from any of my spies, but my understanding is that um, it it wasn't a it was no love fest for DC from the retailers. They mm-hmm. had some very serious questions for DC. And, well and you know, down to DC's credit, I believe it was Dan DiDio, Jim Lee, and Jim Sokolowski, their VP of sales, who were up there and answered the questions. So, you know, they took on all the questions, but it got a little heated at times, <laughs> and people asked tough questions. Uh, I've also understand that the reason they didn't announce the creative teams is the one that you might expect, in that they weren't sent yet. Now, maybe <laughs> four months out is yeah. seems like a short lead short time. Short lead yes. time. I mean, you know. Especially for a new vision. Well, you know, I mean, people are going to find out about this before WonderCon for sure. Yeah. And uh, so I think maybe they were trying to keep it under wraps as long. I don't know. I mean, you know, New 52 was launched on a pretty short lead time as well. Now, yes. And some of those titles immediately went defunct because they weren't very well thought out. Right. But, uh, but, over true but overall uh, uh, I, I just mean that it, it might behoove them to have a slightly longer lead time for their own benefit well but. here's what the biggest concern that's mm-hmm. been expressed to me and I would uh, 
uh, sketched, S-K-T-C-H-D, S-K-T-C-H-D, sketch.com, a uh, site run by David Harper, has a big retail round table. <laughs> and it's pretty, fra- it's pretty frank. I mean, some of them are just like, you know, DC couldn't get any worse. Like, you know, most of them oh, are like... Oh, they could. Taco they- Whiz, people. Taco Whiz. Taco Whiz? There was an infamous, infamous... Uh, what? <laughs> Wonder Woman comic, which literally turned off thousands of Wonder Woman fans from Wonder Woman, in which they decided, presaging one of the least favorite Buffy episodes of all time, Double Meat Palace, in which uh, Wonder Woman decided that instead of saving people with superheroism, she would learn to be closer to the people by working in a thinly disguised Taco Bell. When was this now? What year was this? <laughs> this was in the 90s. Okay. And it was much, much hated I, by the fan base. I fortunately, I it, it lives that. on in infamy. Uh, well, it, right up there with the clone saga. Wow, I never heard of Taco Whiz, i got to be honest. Okay. So, well, you know what, I'll read... I'll, I'll read it, the, so it can get worse, people. It can get it worse. Can get me, worse. Me, I'm going to read the comments from Jennifer King of Space Cadets Collection Collection and Northridge... Uh, uh, North Oak Ridge, Texas. The reality is that DC has been in trouble for quite some time. The industry knows that. Store owners talk about it in the forums often. Do we want them to fail? Quite the opposite. But they never ask us what works and what doesn't. Wouldn't we be a great resource as we are the ones hand-selling every week, reviewing their comics and listening to customer feedback? My first reaction was not positive. After decades in this industry, I've become cynical about relaunches, gimmicks, and variants, having seen the way that my regular customers, not speculators, react to it. Um, I thought about this week. We will order very conservatively, and based on current poll lists, we will advertise the new launch to our customers' engaged interest. I'm wishing the best for DC, but planning for moderate reception. Uh, and, 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 you know, so there's some people are going in some, some you know, concerns, but uh, this is from Patrick Brower of Challengers. This is the number one concern people have about Rebirth. Uh, quote Patrick Brower generally I'm concerned by the fact that the architects of this change are the same people that have been in charge for the last several rebirths <laughs> without an editorial shakeup or fresh eyes to look at the problems these latest attempts at fixing things may very well wind up being as misguided as all previous efforts specifically I'm concerned with the creative teams titles alone don't give us enough of a reason to trust this new line yet blind optimism can only take us so far if these new books have the same creative teams as the current DC product sales will not increase so now you know you heard it here first i'm sure bleeding cool will have this uh by the time that uh you listen to this so let me sneak a little email that i got here earlier today uh from dc talking about people who would be at um would be at wondercon who are available to talk to <laughs> to talk to journalists so maybe we can guess a little bit i'm going to read this list off if i can find it here so uh hold on oh here we go dc entertainment wondercon uh so these are names that are being given as people who are available to talk at wondercon uh amanda connor and jimmy palmiotti well they weren't going to go anywhere everybody loves harley quinn uh, Amy sure. Chu, Dan Jurgens, Bernard Chang, Gilbert Hernandez, James Tinian IV, Jason Fabach, John Romita Jr., J.T. Krul, Marguerite Bennett, Marv Wolfman, Paul Dini, Ray Dillon, Robert Venditti, Scott Lobdell, Scott Snyder, Sterling Gates, Tom King, Mitch Gerads, and Tony S. Daniel. Uh, so, uh, anyway, and there are surprise guests as well. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. 
This sounds like most of the people who are doing the books now. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean is it like you took the, the stuffing and you took the chestnuts out of the stuffing and put it in the sweet potatoes and then you took the marshmallows out of the stuffing, uh, the mar- sweet potatoes well, and put I it mean, into the stuffing? To be fair, most comic creators are pretty versatile. Yes, but, that is true. But you would need some kind of guiding vision to make it different. Yes. And well, we have no idea what this vision might be, people. Well, we do know. I wish well, you could see Kate's a, face. But uh, we'll be, I'm well, sorry, Calvin. What well, this is say? a crazy business. I mean, even the even the previous relaunches, there were titles that I think even among us we liked, and they tanked. Yes, among well, the larger, I mean, you know, consumer groups. So I mean, this is a tough business out it here. Is a gauging tough business. Not every good taste, comic is a comic you know? that sells. Well, yeah. I ex- uh, and but, that's kind of my point. We there were some comics that we thought were all very good, and you know, well, nobody bought them. Some of them I thought were good, and also thought wouldn't sell. Yeah. But you know. I do kind of... In fairness. In fairness. I do kind of sometimes look at comics from Marvel and DC that I just kind of want that indeed tank, and I just go, did they ever ask themselves, why would someone read this comic? Like, what is it about this comic that would make someone pick it up off the shelf? I think that's a very good question that hasn't been asked, but I also feel that, um, I mean, we've talked about this, and I've heard this from insiders, so, uh, you know, this could be disgruntled insiders, but take it for what it's worth. Mm. Uh, I think what those retailer comments I just read mm-hmm. is indicative of is that DC used to have a really awesome dialogue with retailers. And I think in the move, uh, they lost some people, uh, other people came on. I'm sure and they, they yeah, lost that some dialogue. institutional memory yes. had to yeah, step away. They lost sure. that dialogue. You know, mm-hmm. it's a whole new corporate culture. And I have the feeling that some of the people who might be in higher positions of the Warner Brothers hierarchy didn't really see the importance of making sure that Patrick Brower of Challengers Comics was on board with some of these titles. And, uh, um, and not so much that he's on board with it, but that. If Patrick Brower has a suggestion that sounds good, you don't go, eh, he's a retailer, whatever. You listen to it and consider upon it. Right. But I, you know what? I, I mean, I don't even think it's that necessary. I, I honestly just think it's like, you know. Make them feel heard. They don't make know. Them, they make just don't them know. Say, well, let them say, you know, like, well, this is what we're doing, guys. What do you think? You yeah. know? And then just be, just create a dialogue. Now, uh, another little tid, tittle bit that I heard mm. was that um, that retailers. There's a lot of worry about Rebirth because DC <laughs> is, you know, a, a weak DC is, is bad. It's bad for the industry. Yeah. yeah. Even Marvel, I heard, is a little concerned because they know also that a weak DC and, yeah, is not good for them. One of it's, the animating factors of this business is really, you know, this perceived sort of rivalry mm-hmm. between these two uh, and playing off the the, the, the the books of both sides. Which so, is a real rivalry. But yeah, same, I mean, it is real, but at the for same, sure. But at the same time, I guarantee you that... A rival is not an enemy. A rival, yeah. Yes. Well put, Kate. Well yeah. put. And they was, you know, if DC was, was um, you know, about to go over the cliff, uh, you know, Marvel would leave a stick line there. And I mean, they don't want DC to to totally fail. They don't want that. They want to be number one. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. they don't want. A, they don't want. They don't want a tanking DC yeah. to bring yeah. down the industry with it. Okay, absolutely, and absolutely. So, they want a healthy industry, and do. part of a healthy industry is having DC. It is absolutely. absolutely. So everyone is pulling for this. Uh, the, but the other one little uh, rumor that I heard is that a lot of uh, retailers are looking at other companies that maybe they need to, you know, need to be. 
Um, what, concerned about? No, not concerned about. No, more like, you know, who's going to be the next one? And, and apparently a lot of people like Valiant, you know, I think that mm. they've gotten uh, better at what they're doing. I mean, they've had five years, so yeah. <laughs> must have learned something in well, five years. But, um, you know, and obviously well, image is huge, so... Yeah, well, that's for sure. I mean, even at the... Uh, um, uh, um, mm -hmm. the, I mean, Valiant was one of the things... Um, uh, they've been talking about right. Well, there's definitely more to come on this. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, and you know, by the time we speak again, hopefully more will be known. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would say about half. Okay, maybe a third of the comics on my pull list are image. Now, when Kate started here, mm -hmm. she was a DC. I am still a DC person. That's why this breaks my heart. But you now, have... but no, you know, Kate, we had a really awesome uh, Cal. Well, it wasn't awesome because Calvin wasn't there. Mm. But because Calvin wasn't there, we, you and I, had a, a long rap session one time about why people get into reading comics and talked about. Oh, that was a great uh, episode, yes, even it, though I wasn't there. Yeah, <laughs> about, and, the, and, about the future of the yeah, floppy. Yeah, the future of the floppy, and and all that. And you know, I mean, as a longtime observer of this, I I think we talked about it then. But you know, I see it over and over and over again. A person, you know, you well, were. But see, but see, the thing is, you I, were just Mariah's intern when you started. And yeah. now you're like Here. a woman of the world. Well, no, but see, the thing is that I got into comics long before I was Mariah's intern uh, as a wee little 14-year-old. And um, I still love DC deeply. And I'm less concerned by the fact that certain specific titles have changed in ways that don't interest me because I always find another title that I enjoy. That's not a problem. It's more that I want DC to be healthy. Right. And I want it to continue to produce DC comics, which I enjoy very much. And um, it just seems to be dragging. Like, even comics, which I enjoy the execution, I enjoy the characters, the plots just seem to be, like, getting molasses-y. And I don't know if that's more editorial intervention or less line-wide direction. I don't know what's going on in there. I'm, in this way, an outsider. But as a reader, I've just been kind of feeling it less. I don't, I don't know what's going on. Now, this could be... But but well, I'm, this could also be your natural life cycle. I don't of the think so. Reader. Okay, because good, good, good. I, a lifer. We got her. She's a lifer. I, I am a life lifer. But I mean, like for example, like I am I am still a DC person and not a Marvel person. But for example, Squirrel Girl. Squirrel Girl is tops. Is awesome. I read it every month. Um, more than meets the eye. I'm like, why do I love this giant robots comic so much? I don't know, but I do. You know, like it's not like I'm taste changes over time. Well, I think it's because it's a very unusual giant mm. robots comic. But but we yeah Whatever. we discussed this previously on the podcast. I won't make you guys listen to it again. <laughs> but um, I have not lost any of my enthusiasm for comics or indeed superhero comics. I just feel like, in some indefinable way, DC is losing steam a little bit at the moment. But I mean, this happens periodically. Happens. For it's example, cycle, Marvel sure. had a very dark time in the mid-90s, oh, which God, were kind of like... Uh, hmm. Yeah, that was when Bob Harris was the editor-in-chief. Bob Harris is now the editor-in-chief of DC Comics. Just throwing that out there. Really? Oh, okay. okay. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, Bob. Yeah, sorry, Bob. Sorry, Bob. Um, you know, this right. is... Uh, just to wrap this up, and then we should move on, but uh, just... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, when, every time I run a story about Rebirth on the beat, I get commenters who are like... The new 52 drove me away, and uh, finally they should come back to these characters that I, you know, that I loved when I was a boy. And I'm like, you know, I have all love to the, to the 50-year-old DC fans out oh, there. God. But, uh, you My know, people, because but... they're a loud vocal group. But you know what? This, this is not, you know, the new 52, I've said it many times, 
you know, love it or hate it, it brought in a Absolutely. lot of new it was a, It was a it kick in the pants for the whole business. It was a great kick in the pants. In, a, in so many different ways. I mean, I think it would be wise, and prob- they may well do this in Rebirth, to cherry pick elements of the pre-New 52 comics that got left behind that people liked. Yes, Why not? Sure. Steal them, bring them back. Yeah, well, hey. bring back a couple of Wallies or a Green Lantern or whoever. I don't even know. But uh, For example, let Barbara Gordon do something with computers again. Mm. Just a thought. Yep. Um, but you know, all right. Well, yeah, you can do that without totally yeah. throwing New Fifty Two yeah. out. Well, there's so, a, there's let's more, move on. There's, there's definitely more to come. More to come. More yeah, to there's more to come. come. Um, and uh, so let's look but at uh, good book news sales for the industry. Yes, but, uh, book sales uh, are up uh, overall, particularly print sales, and indeed um, uh, bookstores themselves. Independent bookstores, the numbers are growing again. So uh, we're looking at a, a very different landscape. And one thing, I actually, I forgot, we forgot to put on the list. I would like, I, I did do a story about books, Kenokania here in New York. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, that let we me, should talk about yeah, that. Yeah, you should definitely talk about that. But, uh, but, you know, I think it's important to note that while DC lies dying in the dust, you know, books are booming. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, periodical comics are having their little, yeah, having, you know, down period. But oh, really, the book side is yeah. exploding well, and well, everything. Well, periodical you know, comics are not necessarily no. doing so terrible. Well, I said big, ex- big too. Yeah, well, I, I said exploding. Yeah. I said exploding. I mean, yeah. it's only up three yeah, percent. But yeah. still, you yeah. know, given disruption, the fact that the, the number of bookstores, well, the number increased. of bookstores, yeah, the, yeah the, increased. the print sales overall up three percent. Now, graphic novel sales are up much more than that. Oh yeah, yeah. they were up like thirty yeah, percent. Yeah. So that like that's that. a little different. But uh, but the print. Well, this has been kind of the big news in, in on the book side in the book industry for about the last year, really. That you know the growth of the of ebook sales, which is like explosive and double digit, it seems. For the, about the last, t- or at least since the, the um, uh, you know mid two thousands, you know it's really slowed to a crawl now, and print sales seems to have picked up. Well, uh, to, and to, oh, excuse me, go to on. clarify, it's not that ebook sales have bottomed out. It's no, that they've just they've, it's become a mature market. So yes. I think the yes. exponential yes. growth could exponential not go on forever. Yes. It's now reached it's saturation. It's not growing it's still, at the same it's, it's rate. It's not that going it was kaboom before. anymore yeah. because. Because pretty much everybody who wants an ebook now can get them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And some people theorized that you know there was an explosion of new devices into the market. Everybody was like buying stuff. Now, just as you're saying, it's a well, mature market. Yeah, they're still buying stuff. They're it's still just, buying it's the same stuff. people. But buying, it isn't but it's as, not It isn't like there's this huge new influx. There's no new. There's market. an incremental it's, increase. Yeah. yeah. Um, but certainly, what what we're seeing now is with uh, the industry has recovered a, uh, a bit of the loss uh, of the six hundred borders book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think those those in, markets in twenty eleven or something. Mm-hmm. And furthermore, at that same time, and I know this because I was working for Walden Books at the time. Walden Books went kersplat uh, about a year and a half before that, and it was owned by the same company. That's right. Yeah, that's and right. so. Walden, for all it was small and much maligned, filled a niche in the market for places that could not support a big bookstore, Absolutely. that could not support a Borders or Barnes & Noble. And I think, I've, I've seen this anecdotally myself on the ground, that smaller indie bookstores or small chain bookstores are popping up in markets that used to be Walden markets. Oh, absolutely. Well, yeah. Well, they're, they're, and they're, they're also popping up in any kind of uh, uh, form release for Borders, which yeah. indeed own Walden books. But Walden books were, were actually a revolution because if I'll give my age away again, I mean, I remember when Walden books 
mm-hmm. first started and first started being placed, and they were mostly in malls. They were. And they, they were a mall the, bookstore, and very often they were bookstores in places that had never had, had bookstores. bookstores before. So this is a part of the chain bookstore that people forget. Yeah, these chains that people malign. I mean, they these were the Amazons of their time. Yeah, starting in the mid nineteen eighties on through and growing into superstores. You know, uh, publishers hated. <laughs> BNN and Walden and and Borders as much as they hate Amazon now because <laughs> That's they right. thought that the, the retailers had ruin too them. much power. power. They were discounting. Uh, they were getting lots of books to, to run to people to read. You know, for some reason, publishers still seem to think there's something wrong with that. In any event, uh, well, but I mean, on. occasionally I'm being you, facetious, but well, occasionally you have incidents like the Newt Gingrich's alternate history book. Where uh, Walden's or Barnes and Noble says, "Oh yeah, we totally want twenty thousand copies of this book, and none of them sell." Um, and so, you know, it, it definitely it's a boom and bust thing when you have such large chains. But on the other hand, it's it's there, like the market grew. Yeah. And so maybe some of these places that never had a bookstore before and then got a Walden's or a Borders um, are saying, "Hey, maybe we do want a bookstore." And some and enterprising indies are popping up in yes. that area and that are better suited happening. to the side of the market. That's that's exactly what happens. The the American Booksellers Association has has more members than ever before. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a growth every year. I mean, for most of my time in book publishing, except for about the last five, four, five years, the number of independent bookstores in this country has always went, gone was down. going down, and that has stopped. Now, and now they're going up again. Now, Calvin, are are any comic shops members of the ABA? Uh, I'm not sure. I would be surprised if there weren't a few. Mm-hmm. Um, because we are living in an area now where an era where a, a younger generation of of comics uh, retailers see themselves as independent right. bookstores. Right. So I don't know of any, but I think that's a good that's homework for me. Right. I think I it can is, find out because I, I mean because I you, would be surprised if there weren't at least I, a handful. A, a handful, and I mean when you add up, I mean how many indie bookstores are there? Uh, let's see. It's, it changes. It's roughly around two thousand. This is the difference. Uh, there, there's also a growth in multi-store locations, right. um, uh, as we're seeing actually in comics as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. But among independent bookstores, we're signing more and more stores that have two or three or four stores right. in a wide metro area. So there's roughly, I think, about sixteen or 1,700 members of ABA, but I do believe that there's probably about 2,000, maybe a little, maybe 2,200 actual store locations. I mean, so when you throw in also the number of comic shops, which is, again, like, I think Diamond has 2,400 accounts, but, you know, that's probably about 2,000. There's probably some overlap there. I've always heard it was about 2,000 stores, actual. So, uh, you know, 2,000 indie bookstores, 2,000 comic shops. I mean, that's a Good amount of outlets, yeah. You know, that's, uh, and, and and I always say this: comics have this. Absolutely. You know, if you said to any other bookstore, what kind of book, do you want? Would you like to have two thousand stores that sell your books non-returnable? Uh, they would absolutely chew through their leg to get to it. And uh, just as a, a little, um, uh, little, uh, I'm sorry, Calvin. What were you saying? Well, I was going to say that uh, one of the great benefits of that, of what you're talking about, uh, is it's this new generation of of comics retailers realize now that. You know they can deal with diamond non-returnable. In some ways, they've got a better deal here than than indie pros bookstores because they can deal with traditional book distributors who sell on a returnable basis for things that they want to experiment with. And but they can also go to diamond and get get non-returnable over the sure things. Right. So they can be very creative in their buying. They can. Um, there was I, I discovered while I I wrote about this for my site that the the uh, 
the what's it called the bookseller or whatever it's called the uh, the newsletter of the ABA has a every other month graphic novel yeah. bestseller chart and uh, I won't read the whole thing but I'll read you the top ten because it's it's not too surprising and yet very interesting so uh, number one drama. Number two, sisters. Number three, smile. <laughs> Where have I heard this before? Number four, hyperbole and a half by Ali Brosh. Number five, Nimona by Noelle Stevenson. Hmm. Number six, amazing, fantastic, incredible, a marvelous memoir by Stan yeah. Lee. Number seven, The Sandman Overture. Uh, eight, how about never is never good for you by Barb Bankoff. A rare male uh, in the list. Uh, nine, a thunder and lightning weather past, present, and future by Lauren Redness. And number ten, can't we talk about something more pleasant by Roz <laughs> Chest? So. You know, this is a very, I, I don't know. Wide-ranging list? It's a wide-ranging list, and uh, I mean, it's kind of what you'd expect to see, but at the same time, it's kind of uh, comforting to see that it's what you'd expect to see. Yes, uh, no, absolutely. <laughs> it proves that you're not totally out of touch yeah, for no. all your, like, maybe I'm at a different stage in my comics life cycle. Right, that's right, that's um, right. Well, I mean, really, I think that what we're seeing here is that we're seeing uh, kind of this, ra- we're seeing the, com- I think we're seeing comic sales, particularly in the book format, kind of reflect how books are purchased in bookstores yeah. generally and mm-hmm. and also once again we're seeing the assertion of the female reader yeah because well, women dominate well if you go down, down the list I, I will also say. lumberjanes kate beaton is on exactly. here saga yeah. Well, um, yeah i'll say that when i worked in bookstores as a clerk i was told you know as part of whenever you'd have your little like you are a new bookstore clerk here's your orientation they would say uh study after study says that 80 percent of books are bought by women Oh, so they just know it. it. They just, just like just so you know, like There's women, no they're the market. Doubt about it. Um, and so you know, if that's reflected at all, even a little in comics, then you know that's that's significant market force. So on that same note, I just wanted to throw a story that wasn't in our original list, but Books Kinikuniya, which is a books the Japanese bookstore staying with uh, about ten stores here in in the U.S. Uh, about 60 stores in Japan itself and about 17 in Asia. So it's a global book selling, they, but they have been very aggressive sellers of manga and anime uh, and related merchandise. But over the last two years, they have been incredibly aggressive under a new graphic novel buyer mm-hmm. here in New York at the New York-based store uh, up near Bryant Park, Terrence Urban's. They've dramatically increased the space for graphic novels, for Western graphic novels. You could, they, it was always the go-to place for actually Japanese language manga. Then I know for huge expansion of of the English language now for English. Well, the I can't even tell you the script footage that has been opened. I up gotta now get over there for uh, go to the second floor of Books Kinokuniya uh, up by Bryant Park. Do they still board. have the cafe? Yes, the cafe uh, do they is still, still there. they still have that uh, that mural by Inouye? Yes, the Inouye. Okay. Yeah, it's right at the top of the escalator. <laughs> it's beautiful. Right. I actually was there while he's painting it. I know, me too, me back. too, yeah. But that's it. But it's a beautiful store, chock full of cool stuff from Japan. But the second floor is a, a graphic novel, Wonderland. And over the last two years, they have put in a kick-ass sec- Western graphic novel section that includes... European graphic novels, and that not just French, but Italian, Spanish, all in obviously English language. Um, uh, they've increased their comics, uh, comics, U.S. comics publishers, Valiant, Image. They've got a whole table of face-out display of Image comics. And one of the things that they're kicking off over the next four or five months, I think the first one's come out in March, is that they're doing variant covers for books. Now, this is obviously a conventional and traditional tactic in periodical comics, publishing to do variant covers. You know, some people think it's a big gimmick, but the fact of the matter is some people, people like, like it. it. You know, fans seem to like it. 
the retailers will complain about it, but they still buy them. Uh, Terrence is giving it a shot on the book side. I think it's a great idea. Well, I mean, we've talked. I mean, obviously they're a toll chain, but I mean Hastings has been doing yes, uh, variant covers for periodicals, uh-huh. and uh, I, I, you know, I mean, so this is a new book for us. So some of the books they're going to be doing in the first couple of years, they, they uh, they're going to do one of. Um, um, Magnetic Press's titles, Golem, mm-hmm. that's coming out in March. Tokyo Ghost by Rick Remember and uh, Sean Murphy. The Wicked and Divine, I know that's one of Kate's favorites. That's going to have a one. And um, Marjorie Lou's uh, Monstrous. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they're going to be doing that. Go check it out. Um, I think I think they're going to kick off the covers. Well, I don't know. I know they're going to be doing some. Um, they're going to be exhibiting at Emerald City and some of the cons. So, yeah. Oh, uh, Comic-Con's. NFL conspiracy. Well, you know, we're, as long as we're talking about, um, you know, complicated behind the scenes. Now, this is uh, this is a conspiracy theory that is uh, been expressed in a couple of podcasts. Mm. So take it with a big grin. <laughs> so I do we'll, not endorse this. We'll Don't believe anything bit. that happens yes. on a podcast, oh, yes. including ours. Yes, spread to another podcast. Uh, so. But uh, you know, I, the, the, the Comic Con and the, the new convention center, and it, it just looks very unlikely that that will ever happen because they would have to raise taxes, and to do that, they would have to get seventy-five percent of the vote to do that. Good luck so, with that. So meanwhile, the Chargers uh, the, came out who were desperate for a new stadium, and they said, you know, we're going to build this new stadium downtown and comic-con as well you know they'll have their museum there and everything which prompted comic-con to say <laughs> no one asked us nobody so asked us keep us out of this right <laughs> now the the conspiracy theory goes though that uh that hotels do not want a expansion of the convention center because really? they make a lot of money renting out their ballrooms as extra space during comic-con and mm. really there's only a handful of conventions that would need more space to than they have now, one of which is Comic-Con. But but there's an even deeper theory in that, like, uh, Mayor Kevin Falconer supports the Convention Center expansion and does not support the Chargers downtown stadium. Uh, so... But, but the, the theory goes that because there's no chance of the Convention Center expansion being approved as it goes now, that... He's waiting for that to go so he can say, look, that didn't work. So I guess we're going to have to do this downtown, this downtown city, because that would require only a simple majority to be approved. Uh, Now, wait, 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 wait. Okay, so he's trying to get the expansion of the convention center to tank so that he can build the stadium? Well, but, but that's the only because the stadium expansion is more likely to be funded than the uh, convention center expansion. So, but, but I know it doesn't really the, make any I, sense. It does make sense you, because even the huh? even the downtown thing is people look at it and say that it's stupid. It will, well, that it will cost a fortune. Right. And well, I have to say, I this. mean, all of it's going to cost a right. fortune. And you know, eventually. The Chargers are going to get a new stadium. Yeah, I mean that's just how life. That's how NFL works. That's how the NFL works. Yeah, but they want to put it in, uh, you know, SeaWorld or wherever that is. Don't they want to put it up near the old stadium? Yeah, yeah, yeah. old Jack Parr Stadium. It's not called Jack Parr Stadium. No, it's a Jack Murphy Stadium. I know, but who is Jack Murphy? He's a former newspaper reporter. Wow, Calvin's very up on what? How did he get a stadium named after? Well, I forget all of the circumstances circumstances but I think he was a, I think he was a sports writer who was very instrumental in getting the stadium built now mm. now that may what be it was called it was, yeah there was a movie called Sportlight I yeah. mean come on uh. while you're talking I'll look it up yeah. on, the, on but, the internet uh, but anyway like but but, but there is I, I, I'm not sure I espouse this this uh, actual conspiracy theory but I do think that it does uh, set up this idea that the mayor the hotels they're all Comic-Con. in it together. 
Chargers, I think there's a lot going on beyond beneath the surface here, and what the actual, you know, dreamed of plan is probably not something that we've seen yet. You know, I mean, there was a compromise waiting out there. I have heard conspiracy probably. theories involving psychics and Neanderthals. <laughs> that makes more sense, and I am not even exaggerating. Right. All right. So, but anyway, there will be more to come on that. All right. Anyway, so we probably need to get on down. We We need to get on down, and guess what's here? The L.A. Book Prize graphic novel nominees. Yes, they have now been announced. It's a very, very prestigious award that has now expanded into graphic novels in the last few years. And uh, this time's nominees are New Construction: Two More Stories by Sam Alden, uh, Tim Ginger by Julian Hanshaw. Arab of the Future by Riyad Satouf. One of PW's best books of the year. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Honor Girl, a graphic memoir by Maggie Thrash. And Soldier's Heart, The Campaign to Understand My World War II Veteran Father uh, by Carol Tyler. Yeah. Sometimes you've got to spell it out in the subtitle. Yeah, but yes, that is, she really does. <laughs> but that is such a great, a great book. book. Yeah, it's so absolutely. good. It's one of my, yes. my favorites. And the award will be given out April 19th at the um, big auditorium at USC. And now, The Briefs. So the surprise hit of the uh, new Star Wars movie was Poe Dameron, as played by Oscar Isaac, the character who some may say fills the Princess Leia role in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's true. It's like, will it be Finn or, <laughs> boy, boy or will princess, it be Kylo yeah, Ren? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, because he's the one who uh, requires saving early in the movie and is already involved with the rebellion. Mm-hmm. That's there, right. There, there you go. Um, and so anyway, because he's already involved in the rebellion, this means that Marvel can put out a comic uh, about his various adventures without spoiling the future movies. And seeing a, a unexpected cash grab opportunity, they have. <laughs> and so Marvel has decided to make the most of this possible by announcing that they will have Poe Dameron Day on the day on which the first issue comes out in early April. And so uh, there may be Poe Dameron celebration events coming to a comic store near you, just in case you were wondering, dear readers. All right. Um, Also, the Dwayne McDuffie Award has been announced for uh, diversity in comics, and it has gone to G. Willow Wilson for Ms. Marvel. Yeah, baby. Great. Yeah. We yep, like that. Yep, yep. I was one of the judges and a very oh, very cool. Very a cool. very fitting winner, we feel. Okay. And um one more thing. Uh DC has gotten so many comic television shows about superheroes <laughs> that they have now branched out to superhero television shows about people who are not superheroes. <laughs> not superheroes. By which I don't mean people like Batman who have no powers. No, by which I mean people who just are, you know, hanging out in superhero world and uh, living their lives, namely um, powerless. So that has now been greenlit, or at least in pilot season. And um, the cast is... Uh, you know, you know this sounds like. a lot like a TV show that was on the BBC for a hot minute, and I can't remember what the name of it yeah. was, but it was created by Drew Pierce, who's actually gone on to write like a couple of the Iron Man movies. So uh, it was like superheroes after hours. So uh, I hope Drew isn't too. um... Well, you know. So um, the new cast members announced are Danny Pudi from 
community, so that's one geek favorite. Alan Tudyk from Firefly, another, another geek favorite. favorite. And Christina Kirk, who I admit I've never heard of, but I'm sure she's great. I'm sure she's a fan favorite, too, and I'm some sure. other. Yeah. All right. So... Why not? Yeah. Well, uh, you know, we had... Legends a, of Tomorrow's working, so, yeah. you know. You well, go. it looks like we're out of time. Yeah. Uh, it looks like but, we're out of time, but... but as but all, you're always, there'll be... More? Two. Come. 